Hello, beauties. Welcome to Rebels on Purpose, a truth-telling podcast where we explore what it means to live boldly with purpose, on purpose. Through real conversations, we anchor radical curiosity, awareness, and love as fundamental tenets of our lives. We commit to relentlessly calling ourselves and one another up through presence, openness, and saying what needs to be said. This show is our way of calling a modern day circle where we focus on freedom, truth, joy, and the celebration of being fully alive. Please join me, Lindsay Nazan, and my bestie, Jamie Matiasen, as we explore the fruits revealed to us through a devoted practice of soul inquiry as we journey towards our sacred responsibility. Hello, James. Hey, Lance. Okay, we're here. We're back. Podcast <laughs> number two. This is exciting. It uh, is. And we thought that, you know, we've thought a lot about topics for what we want to talk about on this podcast, and we've been trying to flow with it, but also really wanting to be a bit strategic because there is a certain, uh, I don't want to say requirement, but there's a certain request for the type of person that is showing up to listen to these conversations and be a part of them because we want there to be engagement around this community. Uh, and the more we talked about it, the more the topic of open-heartedness um, kind of spinning off of being real or authentic kept coming up. Yeah. Um, and I think we shared in the first podcast about our box of words that we brainstormed <laughs> of potential topics that we would love to share about. And, and this word just kept coming out with the word open-hearted kept coming out. So we thought that would be a great way to uh, open our second podcast after you've gotten a bit of a sense of us because to grow spiritually. And I think to grow on a human level, um, softness is part of that growth, right? Yes. And open-heartedness is in essence, a form of softness, like living with softness, but living with living with strength and softness as a blend. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd spend the next little while chatting about open-heartedness, but as we came up with that idea <laughs> on the other side of that is the fact that we can't just talk about that and not address what it takes to live that. Yeah. Um, because the truth is, is that in the spiritual community and, you know, the yoga communities from which James and I come from, <laughs> it's pretty fluffy. And there's a lot of like, it's all good and love and light and rainbows and sunshine. And, you know, spiritual bypassing, to be quite honest, that happens around the idea of living openly or open living with an open heart. And so the one thing that we recognize for ourselves is that you cannot live open-hearted if you don't know what boundaries are, or you don't have a sense of how to operate within your own boundaries in your life. Yeah. So we thought we'd spend today talking about the, the, uh, alignment of those two things and the juxtaposition or paradoxes that come in, come in and around all of that, uh, and, uh, see where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it comes up for me as a teacher and a mentor and it comes up in my own life. And I think that, you know, those are the topics that we're, we're trying to, um, really work with in this podcast, because we, are never going to talk about stuff that we're not doing ourselves. Right. And this has been at the forefront, I think for both of us in 
the last 10 years, at least since I've, I've met you is really actually the time where I actually started to kind of explore these ideas, even though I didn't know what I was doing at the time, that this was actually what was coming down the pipe for me. And, you know, I've lived a large portion of my life, um, in, in this world, in the yoga world, like over half of my life in the spiritual world, the quest for, you know, more, there's, there's more to this life. I've always had that feeling. And I came to the table in my teens, quite armored and quite hard and, um, not really understanding that, um, those aren't actually boundaries. And I didn't actually have a sense of the word boundary until the last probably decade anyways, and maybe even more so in the last five years of like what that actually means and how do, how do I hold that in my life? Um, and I want to live open-hearted because I really feel like to, to fulfill my purpose, I have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that means that all of me has to be present. I have to show up. Um, as whole as possible. And um, that takes practice. And it's probably the most courageous thing I have had to work through. Um, it's risky. Yeah. And you get burned. And you, you, you know, you get harder and you open and you get harder and you open it as you bump up against these things. And you start boundaries start to kind of show up of like, oh, that actually doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> that actually doesn't help me stay open. And so this feeling of wanting to be open-hearted and be connected um, has to come from a place rooted in courage. Like you have to, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable and to get hurt and to have loss and experience disappointment and humiliation and shame and all of the things that, you know, get stirred up when we, when we broach these topics in our lives with the people that we care about. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's high risk. And on the other side of it is it's everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, I have had armor as well coming into my life in general, just sort of in these really, but in these really subtle sneaky ways, uh, you know, I came into the yoga world, more of the, I'll give everything to you for the sake of whatever I feel like is going to come back to me through this Mm -hmm. way of being, you know, like it was always very grabby hands. It was always very like oversharing so that I can get something back, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know that that was harming me. I thought that I, like, I thought that was the best way to try to get love and enlightenment was to just give all of myself away. And same thing, like no comprehension of boundary, no understanding of where I ended and the other person began. And in that feeling of, of mistaking that for open-heartedness. Mm-hmm. And so then I would just like dive deeper into that and then get traumatized and get hurt and betrayed. And then, and what I've recognized in retrospect, looking at all of that is that it was a lot of self-betrayal because I actually didn't know the boundary of who I was. Um, you know, it's one thing to have a sense that there's a connection and a universality or, or a unity between all of us. That is the mm-hmm. idea that we practice in yoga, right? It's like, we're yeah. all one. Yes. And we live in a human body and we have a human mind and we have a, our own beating hearts. And there is a separation in, in the physical form that we live in, in this world, in this reality. And we have to balance both of those lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I, I love this opening this conversation with the, the, the paradox of like softness, like we have to have a willingness to soften into what it takes to be open-hearted and the risk and the vulnerability that that involves. And on the other side of it, the firmness Mm. that one has to have around understanding the limitations of who they are and and are not, and the negotiables or non-negotiables of what they can handle or not and tolerate or not. Um, And I just think that it's cool to look at the inextricable connection between those two pieces, um, which is, those are tough lessons. Yeah. They're really, really tough lessons. And James and I will share a lot of stories about that today because we've been through together. Sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I just, I love, you know, that definition of boundary, a a line that marks where one area ends and another begins Mm. and boundaries don't have to be necessarily this hard line, right? Because the hardness is armor, you know, it's, it's this knowing what your values are. What do you stand for at the core of who you are? Like you said, what are the non-negotiables? And I love this idea that my edges change depending on what my edge comes up against, you know, and it's not, and it's the nuance of that of like, okay, well, you know, I can't betray myself. I can't, you know, people pleasing and all of the things that come in when we bump up against others who challenge our boundaries. Right. And, or we abandon ourselves, which is a huge pattern that I have held for a large portion of my adult life of, you know, giving everything away and thinking that's love, you know, you can have it all. Um, and this idea that my, my edge can, can be fluid to some degree, depending on, on what it's moving up against and differentiating that between, you know, what a, what a boundary is and what a barrier is. And a barrier is an obstacle, right? It's defined as an obstacle that prevents movement or access. And so you can't get to my heart when I live barrier with a barrier between me and you. And I call that a boundary. <laughs> and that is what the other thing that comes up for that is armor, right? And so I've, I've created this obstacle of access um, and the obstacle that prevents access. And if you breach that obstacle, well, I'm, I'm there arms up and I'll fight. So now I'm defensive. <laughs> that is that, I mean, that sums up my pattern for years and years and years. And I'm still thawing that pattern and I'm still working with that pattern. And it is hard as F like it is the most vulnerable I've ever had to be in my life is working through this, but to recognize it and to see it, um, it gives me a sense of peace. Now I understand, you know, like I, now I have tools I can work with to help me drop the barrier and move it into a boundary. And, when I feel defensiveness, I know my heart is closed, (laughs) you know, and that might be appropriate. And now I can, I can actually start to discern between the two places. Like, is this actually appropriate? Like, am I actually preventing myself from being harmed? Cause that's appropriate. Or am I just locking down in an old pattern? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's such a huge distinction. And I think that leads me to something I was, when I was reflecting on boundaries for myself and how I have learned about them, I, I put them in two categories and one category, which is kind of where I learned that they existed is 
setting a boundary for myself with myself. Mm-hmm. So it's very in- internal. It's very intrinsic. Um, it's something that's happening on the inside. No one knows it's happening and it's, it's silent. It's, it's mm-hmm. all spinning around inside of me while I'm out in the world, maybe, or while I'm sitting on my meditation cushion, it's, it's, it's always there. So it's like an internal monologue of a decision maker of what is okay, what is not okay, what do I, what is uh, in living in integrity and what is not, what it feels truthful, what doesn't, um, what feels loving, what doesn't, all of that, right? And and managing my energy. Mm-hmm. And then there's on the other side of it, there's this idea of setting a boundary for yourself with other people, mm-hmm. which is an external process, but it comes from that internal place, <laughs> like that boundary on the inside that you've discussed with yourself has already had to happen Mm -hmm. for you to play that into reality with another. Yeah. And that is a hard transition to make. At least it has been for me, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So yeah, I've had to like betray my own boundary 101 times like, and then, and then, and then another 101. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, that's, this is actually not going to work for me. And to get from the place of knowing it on the inside to honoring it for myself, let alone asking someone else to honor it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's a very stretchy process for me. And, you know, the second distinction or the second category is where I'm still doing a lot of work. Like I know who I am. I know what my needs are most of the time now. Right. I used to have no freaking idea. And that is a reality. If, if you don't know what you need, it's very hard to set a boundary with people. Yeah. It's impossible. I think it is impossible. Yeah. Well, because then it becomes, it becomes just this hard line of like, I know that this isn't right for me and I have no appropriate tools to actually articulate and communicate this to you. So I'm just, well, for me, it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and yeah. I will see you again. And everybody has their own pattern around that. Right. But yeah. if you haven't, if you haven't looked inside and like really really understood who you are as you move through the world and why you're here to do what you are here to do. The next step, like you want to learn about courage, try to articulate that to someone that you love and care about. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't work for me, honey. You know, you and I have had some of those moments where we, you know, we, we, we adore each other. You know, we are each other's person and we've had to have those conversations where it's like, this isn't going to work for me. And you know, we've had one, do you mind if I share this one where yeah, I was driving? <laughs> this is, this is really a turning point for me. And this was probably five or maybe six, seven years ago now. I don't know. Wow. I, COVID messed up my timeline, but yeah. I remember um, going through this huge transition in my business and, and my career. And you were a part of, of, of my business and, and sharing in my trainings. And I loved that. And I had made it, I had made an error. And um, I remember talking to you on the phone and you had to express to me how I had hurt you. Like it was like taking a bullet. Like I remember driving in the car going, oh, this is the, this is her line. This is her hard line. And you don't draw those with me very often because we, <laughs> We have more forgiveness for one another, right? And we do the work together. So we have to be really extra soft with each other as we navigate these things. And I remember that feeling of like, oh shit, like you need to get straight. Like I knew this was about me and you were holding that line for me, thank God, 
to do that work of like, okay, well, what do you actually care about here? And you need to slow down. Like I really had to, to pause. And, and I, ha- I remember having this thought, like, if you don't get this right, this will be the highest cost that you have, will know to date. Because the idea of not having you in, as a, in relationship with me was like, no, thanks. Like I all no. <laughs> but I also went through those feelings of like, okay, just give everything. Like I went through that whole feeling of like, okay, just abandon yourself and give her everything, which I knew was like, no, like, mm. <laughs> so those, those lessons, those moments where we come up against somebody else's boundary, who we care about more than anything, I think are just, it like makes my legs feel like rubber thinking about it. You know, that like the cost here, like I have to get real about what this actually is for me. Yeah, that was, that was a lesson for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember we that. Both in that too. It, we both changed so much going mm-hmm. through that and it was never the same again. Like it just, it was a, a line in the sand, so to speak of like, we are either crossing over this or we're going our own ways. Like, yeah. Which yeah. I, yeah, which was not an option for either of us, <laughs> but we were both terrified that that was going to be the outcome, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. when I hear you say like, I was so scared that if I didn't get it right, it would be the end of our friendship or relationship. I felt exactly the same way on the other side of it. Like I was so terrified to tell the truth and to just say that I was hurt. And I was like, she's going to leave me. She's (laughs) going to be like, screw this. I don't need this drama. I'm out. Like, that's what I was worrying about. Yeah. Because those are both of our deep wounds, right? Right. So we we do, we've watched each other operate from those places. And this is, this comes back to that, that idea of like, we have to let people see our breaks and our hurt and our heartbreak from the past. Like mm-hmm. we have to let that be exposed and not everybody gets a seat at that table. You and I've earned that in Absolutely. each other's lives. And it does change the relationship because I can be more open and more vulnerable. I am gr- like, I'm so grateful. I know we're going to talk about gratitude later, but I am so grateful for, for that relationship because you can't do this work alone. You know, mm-hmm. you can do the parts inside, but then you got to go out and practice. That's right. And having those people in your life is like, we talked about this last week and it's like, it is invaluable to me. It is, it's everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do need safe places to practice setting boundaries oh. and to, and to F it up. Right. And to, yeah. To, yeah. To, to not get it perfectly right. And, yeah. and I do think, you know, the, the firmness like you were saying, like when you, you, you come from a defensive place, that's mm. a, that's an entry point. It is an entry point. Like there's been boundaries I've set in my life that were not with any grace whatsoever. It was like (laughs) hard line, you know, and the person didn't receive it very well. Of course they didn't, but I still got, I I got my needs met in a, in a messy way or discovered something in it. Right. Like it's never a waste to try. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do have a trusting relationship or it's a safe relationship, then you usually get through it. No problem. And if you don't, well, maybe that that's actually just divine design to help you learn what is your path. And this is the thing about boundaries is they're not free. There is a consequence to every boundary that you set. And I like to think of it like a bridge, like you're, it's like a border, you know, you're crossing the border, you're crossing, crossing a toll bridge, right? You have to pay a toll to cross Mm -hmm. the bridge Mm -hmm. and you know that going in. So you're ready to pay that, that toll, but with a boundary, it's a choice. There's a choice around the consequence that you're going to, that you're going to pay based on how you deliver it. 
So if you come in with no filter and you're like, I'm going to tell you what I need, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, which I've done before, like uh-huh. sometimes, you know, um, that fee, that fee is maybe going to be a little bit steeper than you wanted. Yeah. There's you know, gonna be a little cleanup. there's some cleanup around it. You're going to have to pay a little extra money to cross that bridge. Um, and to to maintain your, you know, getting your needs met and you might have a bit of a hangover afterwards where you're like, Ooh, I maybe, yeah, maybe I didn't need to be quite so harsh or this or that, but that's actually the flexing of the muscle, right? It's yeah, getting stronger. Yeah. You're learning, you're growing. And so I think it's important to remember that like nothing is actually free. Like it does cost you energy. It does cost you vulnerability. It does cost you effort to engage in these types of conversations. And that's why you use the word earning. Like we earn the right to sit at the front of each other's stages and see each other walk our paths because we've put in these, these fees, we've paid our dues, you know, within this communication, because that is what boundaries are. They are a communication tool. They're They're a way to, to meet each other at your, at your values, your core values, where your core values meet your non-negotiables. That's kind of what boundaries are. And if you can have the honor of someone setting a boundary with you, it's actually them showing you who they are and what they believe in and what they value most. And that is something to be respected. And when you said, I wanted to ask you, when you said after that happened, the car that day and the conversation, it was never the same again. Do you know how it was different? Like, can you put some words to that of how you feel our relationship changed? Well, I, um, for me, I, I felt it it was weird. Yeah. it, It, this is one of those paradox things where it was like the most terrifying experience with you and, it was also the place where I actually was unarmed and the obstacles started to dissolve a little bit. It was like, it felt like an act of love when, when, when the initial electrocution of the conversation had subsided, it was like, I just was so honored that you had the courage to show up to that conversation for both of our sakes. Right. Because it does, it does, it does take somebody to be the hero sometimes and to say, like, I'm going to say something you're probably not going to like, and it needs to be said. I mean, truth is a huge tenant for us in our life and telling the truth is not easy. And that, that is what, what I feel like it, it disarmed me a little bit with you specifically. Mm. And then it allowed me to kind of experience that with newer people. Like I had a new relationship that came very shortly after this, or maybe it was, I don't know, timelines, but where I, you know, how do I want to be in relationship? Because I want to experience love. So it was an act of love. And I was able to really see that after. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel it in the, in the moment that you were being mean or hurtful. It was just hard to hear, Uh you know, and I stayed and that's not really what I tend to do, (laughs) you know, so to be able to stay. And because I was in a car on a speakerphone, there was nowhere to go. (laughs) (laughs) I literally had to stay. I had to stay in the heat of that. And that's transformation, right? Fire and heat to transform. And yeah. And it, it just cultivated a deeper trust for our Mm -hmm. our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's the key, I think to, to the boundaries, it actually opens us up to experience a deeper intimacy with others. Yeah. 
and that, and it's one of those paradox things too, right? Where it's like, oh God, you know, the, I have to have the courage to do this and I could lose everything. Yeah. And I could also gain X, Y, Z. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is a balance of the scales of like, what are the options and the outcomes that could come from this? And you get to decide that's where that internal monitoring of, yeah. okay, this is, this is a need this is not a want or a maybe <laughs> this is a need. Yeah. So how am I going to articulate this to this person or this community or whatever it might be my boss? Like it can be anything, you know, where, how am I going to articulate it in a way that actually gets me what I need that is all open and honest Yeah. that is doing the least harm, Yeah. you know, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but at the end of the day, the transformation potential is always going to be there if you are willing to put your your face in the fire like like you said because you will get a transformation even if the person does not receive it well or Mm -hmm. goes away and like you know how many times have we had these types of conversations where you have gone away and i get triggered you know or i've pushed into you and you've gotten triggered like back and forth back and forth all it's like it's literally how we have grown in relationship with ourselves and each other yeah. So it's never, I don't know. I know it, it's never wrong. Even if it's not graceful, yeah. Yeah. it's always, it's always moving towards a higher good. I think. I think so. But yeah. There, and it, that's why you have to be super grounded in yourself when you articulate these things. Like, yeah. it, and it, it's okay if it doesn't come out perfect. Like I remember um, when I first started dating my partner um, <laughs> and on our first date, I had said, you know, it was a blind date and we met and I said, like within five minutes of meeting him, like, listen, I'm only interested in the truths <laughs> in relationships. So if that's not your jam, I'm probably not the girl for you because I just wanted, to, I wanted to start from that place. And it gave me the courage because he showed up again. I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's in for this, you know, mm-hmm. but then it gave, it gave us, we built on that foundation from the first moment. It's like, oh, I said something really hard and truthful and he showed up. And I'm like, oh, I can work with this. And there was something intriguing about that for him. Mm -hmm. And so when something came up where I, (laughs) I don't want to share too many intimate details, but there, there was a moment where I had to say something of like, that doesn't work for me, you know? And I'm, I, I remember crying and going, I have to say something and it's really hard. And I know it's not going to come out right, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it came out and it was a mess and, and he arrived for it, you know, like that's where our edges came up and then we expanded together and that we became more open-hearted with one another. We built this trust. And so then we could say the harder things, you know, and that, that takes presence, that takes courage, that takes being with all of it, all of the shit that comes up for you when you have to say these things, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just, for me, it's just worth it. It's just worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love the, I love that it's a result. The result of it is love is a greater, Mm -hmm. a greater source of love, a greater access point to a sense of unconditional love for, for ourselves and for the, for the people we're setting these boundaries with or having these hard conversations. Cause that's really what boundaries are. Boundary is a, I was talking to Ari about this. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, boundaries are boundary is a weird word because we never use the word. Like I'm going to set a boundary with you now, just to, <laughs> yeah. just going to put that on the table. Like, you know, a five-year-old might say that, but yeah. we don't, we don't say that. We just, we just go into the conversation and it's, and we do preface it. Like you said, you, I gotta, I gotta say something really hard and now I'm crying and I'm just going to say it. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really, um, it's very elusive because I think, you know, when we're in our victim place or we're in a wounded place, it comes off as defensive. It comes out without a filter. It's barky. It's like my coffee's cold waitress. Get me a better, like a hot cup of coffee. There's, <laughs> there's not really any grace or love around that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the more we feel the feeling of the hardness, like the, the courage, because courage really is just feeling that something is really effing hard and terrifying and walking into it slowly and steadfastly. (laughs) Right. And so I think that the more we do that, the more we, our heart actually just, it just opens. Like we're Mm -hmm. not consciously peeling the heart open. It's just Mm -hmm. cracking open a little bit more every time we do that and softening us into the love that we get because yeah. that is the, that's like the, that's the reward or the payment, the, the connection that we get yeah. the intimacy. Totally. So it's self, it's self-reinforcing, I guess, is what I was trying mm-hmm. to say there in my long-winded statement. Yeah. And it goes both ways. I think that's the thing that I really recognize is like the armor. I, I perceive that as a way to protect myself, but it also closed me off from ever actually even being able to receive anything. Totally. Nothing could get out and nothing could get in. Mm-hmm. And thank God I had kids, honestly, like, because there's an unconditional love that comes with that, that is innate, that you don't have to do anything with. It just Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And those things still were there. You know, I had to still work through that with my kids. I had to create boundaries with my children. Like I told you earlier, like my kids would get toothaches and I would literally get toothaches where I would have to take painkillers. And I thought, Oh God, I love my kids so much (laughs) rather than, Whoa, that is not mine. And so that is one of the biggest things that I've learned is like by setting boundaries, I don't have to take on what doesn't belong to me anymore. And that's exhausting. Right. And that's kind of the path of, of the empath out of balance, Totally, um, taking on and feeling all of it and not having a sense of how to filter out what belongs to me and what doesn't, instead of learning how to hold space for what is, mm-hmm. I would just absorb it and wear it. And, you know, I still have that with certain things or certain things in the world that penetrate and I, I do feel it in every ounce of my body and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But it, learning the boundary has helped me get healthy. Yeah. You know, like physically and not, not taking on what doesn't belong to me. I don't need to fix your stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fix my stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a hard boundary to hold in a relationship in a Absolutely. partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like for me, a lot of what I've recently, just honestly, even in the last year has really shifted for me is, uh, a recognition of my lack of sharing from a place of true willingness and softness in my heart. Mm. Like we've talked about generosity a ton, right? And what that means to me, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Jamie gives me good lectures about generosity because I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm generous, and I always go on and on about it. And you know, then she reflects back like, "This is such bullshit. We need to talk about this." 
And so, but this is, I think I'm getting to the root of why I feel like this because Mm. for so much of my life, I don't go into the depth of the story when Mm. I'm talking about my feelings or I'm talking about a scenario or I'm talking about something that happened or I'm like trying to relate with someone. I will ask them all the questions Mm -hmm. and I will go deep, deep, deep for them and with them. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And it is one of my gifts and I, it's good. And it's also a coping mechanism and it's a way for me to actually, Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but (laughs) it's it's a way for me to be stingy in my, in not, not getting too vulnerable yeah, and not being too generous with like, well, this is actually what the deep experience was for me. And I really relate to your experience because this was mine. And then actually say it out loud. I can say like, oh, I relate to you, yada, yada. But actually go into the experience and talk about it and put it Mm -hmm. on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a very new practice for me. And the only reason that I can do that now is because I'm getting better at setting boundaries. And and it was adaptive. Like, I don't regret it. I didn't share that stuff because it was way too dangerous for me to do so because I had no, I didn't know where I ended and began. I didn't know where they ended and began. So it was just like just vomit myself into their sphere. And then they would come into mine. And then it was a big mess. And I got into a lot of trauma with that, with my teachers, with friendships, with, with everybody in my life. So, you know, I, this is again, coming back to like, well, which comes first Does the boundary come first and the open heartedness come or does open heartedness come in the boundaries. And I think it depends. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's always moving. I'm doing a teeter totter thing with my hands right now, but it's like, it's always moving, you know? And yeah. So yeah, those things don't exist in a vacuum. It's no. like to say the hard thing, you have to stay open. That's right. And in order to get more open, you have to say the hard things. Like they they yeah. work together, you know. Yeah. They, and to tell the truth from a place where you're open lands differently than if you just say what you think to be true, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's the that's the ingredient, right? Is like this this the ingredient is grace. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get grace is to stay open because, yep. you know, the divine or the energy that you have that comes through your system when you're actually in an open place gives you grace. Like grace isn't something you just own. <laughs> you, it is only a gift that you are given, Yeah, you know, and you, you have to actually show up for it to occur. And so if you're hard, you're not actually there. Like, it's like, you know, you're just, your, your edges are too rigid to actually be immersed in the moment. So mm-hmm. no, no grace is going to move through your system. And then it's probably not going to be well-received. And we all know people like that. And yeah. I know lots of very spiritually minded people that have the hardest edges of anyone I know, because their boundaries are so rigid. They're so particular and they're so attached to that <laughs> not being violated that way, that it's actually not an open experience. And so yeah. they're really hard to be around. And you, yeah. Yeah. You and know. I mean, your past experiences will probably inform your boundaries to some degree, but they can't be the boundary. It can't be, you know, this happened to me. So now this is my boundary because it has to move. It has to, there has to be some fluidity in, in terms of what am I moving up against with this boundary? What needs to be seen and met in this moment with my boundaries against mm-hmm. whatever it is that I'm moving up against, you know, and those hard lines, that's just a barrier. It's, it's an obstacle to access. So you get to access me because you have all the spiritual language. Like that's the shit I hate about our community. Some of our parts of our community, you know, like 
It's like, you don't, you don't just get to access me and all my wounds and all my sadness and all of the things that make me, me, and then hold a hard line against me, you know? And that is, that's that guru disciple kind of thing that happens in, in these communities sometimes too, where you, you want it so bad, you know, you Mm -hmm. just, you want what it is that comes with this community. So you just give it all over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just this amoeba with nothing. And, (laughs) and that's where abuse happens, Mm -hmm. the power structure, right? Like that's, that is one of the biggest things I've learned moving through the yoga community in the last 25 years is like, that is a really essential part of, of spiritual growth Mm -hmm. is learning these boundaries because Mm -hmm. they did, I was harmed in many ways Mm -hmm. in those communities. And that's on me to some degree. And yeah, we gotta, you gotta check yourself. Yeah. It's both because, you know, but what boundaries are not, they are not a license to, uh, boss people around. They're not <laughs> a license to control people or abuse people or disregard people or impose your beliefs on another person. You, you, you set the boundary because of your beliefs and your values and your integrity, but you don't get to impose that on the person. Yeah. You, you just set the boundary. So but that is where it's blurry, you know, it's like, it's very blurry. And I think that we're, we're missing the mark a little bit sometimes when we're trying to, trying to understand what boundaries mean. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not, it's, it's not a license to be demanding or unreasonable or cruel, but I think when we're learning it, we end up being that sometimes. Yeah. And because the FFT, right? <laughs> yeah, the FFT, right? Yeah. Renee Brown's. Yes, it's that. Like you're not you're only going to get good at it by practicing. By practicing but yeah. I I just think it's important to recognize that there sometimes is a misunderstanding that it mm. has to be extreme or, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure exactly how to yeah. pin pin it, but it's it's uh there's a softness inside of a boundary that is not negotiable. Like it stands firm. Like when I say, you know, I'm, I don't can't think of a particular boundary that I might set, but it's like when I've had enough, mm-hmm. you know, when I've had enough and I need to be quiet now, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say, hey, everyone, I need you all to shut up and I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, like, you know, that would be, I've gone past the boundary already and now I'm mad yeah. and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then I might say it like that. And that has happened too. Don't get me wrong, yeah, sure. but like, there there's a softness in like, okay, I'm just going to go in and be quiet. Like that even happened to me on the weekend. And it was like, I need some space. And so I just went, I got in my car and I went for a drive and I went off the land. I was at a yoga retreat. Like I just needed some time to not be in it with everybody and to process on my own. And so I just went and took care of it. Nobody even knew that I did it, you know, versus staying until it was like such that hard edge and then barking out some boundary that actually hurt someone's feelings or made people feel uncomfortable unnecessarily. Yeah. And that, that really deeply comes from the work that we have to do on our, on with ourselves. It's like, it always comes back to you. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. you, if you didn't know that that's what you needed, if you weren't clear that, oh, this is indicating Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm about to breach what's healthy for me. Yeah. So I'm just going to go over here and, and take care of myself and honor that boundary within myself, you would just stay and bleed out or whatever, whatever the pattern was, right. Of like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just burn up, burn myself alive for the sake of community or whatever the story is that we have around it. It's like, 
like you said earlier, like you have to, you have to do that work internally before you can go out and understand and you have to practice it too. So you got to find some safe people to do this work with. Like, yeah, you have to have people who can be soft with you when, Mm -hmm. as you're, as you're navigating this, because it's not easy. And the patterns that we hold are so often so strong that we get sucked in, right? We just get sucked in. And then we have to do a little damage control. And then that's when we have to learn how to be soft with ourselves. You know, it just comes back to that. It's like, oh, I don't need to beat myself up about this. Mm-hmm. I need to stay open in for me as well. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's and I think you, sorry, what's that? That's taken some time. Some time. For me. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. It's taken so much time for me as well. And 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 more so the time taken in myself talking to myself about my boundaries, like that, that, that first part of boundaries set for yourself by yourself inside of yourself Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with anybody else, because that's actually how I've learned how to regulate. That's how I've learned what I need. Like it's, it's taught me about who I am because I didn't know that I didn't like something until it actually yeah. occurred. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so a lot, a lot of it for me has been a two by four across the side of the head oh, with yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, I guess you're going to learn that lesson the hard way every time, okay. because <laughs> again and again, until I, until I'm actually able to see like, Oh, this isn't about that person. This right. is always about me. The yeah. person is there to show me and they yeah. are showing me over and over and over again, <laughs> but it's actually not, it's not up to them to know that unless I say something. So Absolutely. once I've, once I've said something, if they then continue to violate, yeah. then what happens? Well, then it's you need to have conversation. a conversation. It is a different conversation <laughs> and it becomes more and more consequential mm-hmm. that in the end, you may remove yourself from that. Or, yeah. you know, if the person is not it's not honoring your boundary. It doesn't mean they have to agree with you. It doesn't mean they have to like it. It doesn't mean they have to align with your value around it. Right. But it does mean they have to respect you, you know? Um, so the one last thing I think before we wrap the boundary or at least merge the boundary conversation into open heartedness is, you know, talking about why boundaries, like, why is it even important to do it? And when I thought about that question for myself, the first word that came to me was safety. Like Mm. it's about safety. Um, Mm. and, and it's about safety for me on a personal level of like feeling safe in my body, feeling safe in my, my mind and, and who I am, and then being safe out in the world with other people Mm -hmm. and feeling like I can be autonomous and also in connection with others and have it be safe. Um, and, when I don't have boundaries, cause I spent the first three decades of my life with no boundaries, um, or very few anyways, or just no, no boundaries that had any grace around them. It would just be hard lines all the time and walking away from relationships and things like that. Um, or just pouring myself into it more and be really codependent, uh, which is more, my, more my pattern. Um, you know, I never felt safe. Like I never felt safe and I would beat myself up all the time because I would have so much anxiety about going to a Christmas party or I would have, you know, terrible nausea about having to go talk to someone about the the birds and the bees, like just like simple things that people would be like, how, why is this hard for you? And I would be like, I don't know why it's hard for me, but I don't feel good. Like I feel scared and I don't want to freaking tell people I feel scared about everything all the time. It's like, I always think of the quote in Dirty Dancing where he, he Johnny says to baby, like, 
you're so brave. You're so courageous when they're in the like little camp mm-hmm. room there. And he's like, you're so brave. You're so courageous. Like you're not scared of anything. And she's like me, I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that, you know? And I'm like, yeah. like, I just so yeah. related to her as a kid and growing up. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. many reasons why I love dirty dancing, but like that scene really, really hit me of like, like, and she's doing her work, damn it. Like she was trying yeah. and it wasn't yeah. pretty and it was nasty and it was a mess <laughs> and all the things. Right. But like, he saw her that way and it inspired him to do his work. And, but she didn't feel safe. And there's that, that is a reality. So the more I get rooted in my ability to set boundaries and actually trust them, trust the intuition that leads me to make the choice to set the boundary mm-hmm. or the, or the feelings I have that lead me to, to take it's more, that's more my thing is like, I don't trust the feeling. I'm like, oh, I'll just push the feeling over here and I'll keep doing it. <laughs> and then the feeling's like, no, I'm just going to come back here again, like right into it. Like, no, I'm just going to push you over here and keep doing it. Yeah. So, you know, like the more I actually trust that feeling and then make a decision that aligns with, you know, either pacifying that feeling or engaging with it more, I feel safer and safer and safer and safer to the Mm. point where I can go anywhere or be with anyone, even people I don't like or don't feel comfortable around particularly. And I am okay on the inside. Yeah. You know, um, Mm -hmm. that is to me what feels like that's why they're so important because they aren't easy. Like I get where you're like, well, why do I even want to do this work? Like, I don't even want to talk about this. This is just too hard. You know, I'll just be a bitch. I'll just be a bitch. And I'll just tell people that I'm not interested, but it's like, (laughs) Um, but that won't give you the safety. You won't have that, that feeling of steadiness inside that. I just, I can't describe it. It's it's a feeling that I've seen people living inside mm-hmm. their bodies my whole yeah. life. And I'm always like drawn to those people. And I'm like, I want mm-hmm. to be around them because they make me feel safer. Yeah. But I never had that feeling inside my own body until very, very recently. Yeah. And I'm, oh my gosh, like, wow. And I didn't know I, how unsafe I felt until I started to see on the other side of like, holy shit, this is, this is mm-hmm. severe. Like it was yeah. quite severe for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so I just, I, I wanted to talk about that and I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to share on like why you feel like they're so important. Um, and even on a meta level, like, like mm-hmm. why they're serving the world, like from an ahimsa standpoint, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, because I didn't really understand, um, what, what love is like what that whole experience of that, that word is another one of those words, like gratitude that I, they feel slippery. It's like, I don't know how to. And I mean, I think a lot of it comes back to not being able to feel. I spent so much of my life, not feeling and building the armor based on what was going on in the context, right. in the story that comes with that and boundaries have actually helped me experience love. And in, and I think there is a safety element to it as well, for sure. Um, But that safety, when you were talking about that, I, I, you know, I was kind of feeling into myself a little bit and and I don't think that is the the main driver for me um, because I think I'm so identified with my armor that I I'm like, oh, well, if I don't feel safe, I just fuck off. Like, (laughs) so I go to higher ground. See you later. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's massive elements of that in me, but it's not, it's not my main driver. 
Um, I think the biggest, the biggest driver for me was when I started to recognize and thank you, Elizabeth Gilbert, because she did say this in that movie in Eat, Pray, Love and in the book where she became the permeable membrane when she was in love or what she called love and gave everything up right in this deep longing to be seen for me that, I mean, that gives me a lump in my throat. So I'm onto something there. Like just wanting to be loved and seen, um, that is definitely a driver for me with boundaries because I just gave everything away. Well, that's not me. That's not actually who I am. So the person doesn't get to see me. Mm-hmm. So the boundaries, and I mean, Brent can probably attest to this too. Like I set pretty strong boundaries for certain things because it leads to into more intimacy and love. And that's mm-hmm. what I really am interested in. And boundaries have really helped me with that because it allows me to stay open. Mm-hmm. It allows me to keep my heart open. And mm-hmm. as, if this isn't the hardest work of my life, I don't know what is. Like, I don't want anything harder. So I'm not going to put that out there, but it's hard. It's yeah, really, yeah. really, really hard. And I mean, even in the in the, the last few months, you know, I've been working with this with you and Leslie and it keeps coming up. It's evolving and it's changing. And mm-hmm. I feel a difference in, in those boundaries, but, and I feel more love it's just weird. And it's terrifying because it feels like standing on a cliff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want what's over there. Like the bridge analogy you had, like, I, I want what that is over there. And there's a massive gap here that I'm going to have to traverse in some way by being vulnerable, by being courageous, by <laughs> telling the truth. And that shortens the gap. And yeah. then I get that experience of love and intimacy. And thank God I'm so thankful that I have people I can do this work with, that I have an amazing partner who will do the work with me. And I have you and Leslie, and, you know, I have these core Yvonne, these core people who see me. And then I just let them see me a little bit more. You know, I think that's really, for me, that's a driver for boundaries. And it just seems so backwards (laughs) to me when I say it out loud, it's like, I have to have these lines in order to be more connected and closer. It's just Mm -hmm. weird, but I think those are yeah, I love that. And I, that ties into this idea for me that came up around ahimsa, which in, in the yogic practice, it's one of the yamas. It's one of the moral ethical principles that we practice in yoga on the non-movement side of things. And it's non-violent. It's about doing the least harm. Mm-hmm. And it's paradoxical because you, when you think about <laughs> setting boundaries, you're like, well, I might hurt their feelings or I don't <laughs> want to hurt their feelings. Like that's why people don't do it because they're scared yeah. of hurting someone or being perceived yeah, they as abandon themselves. Yeah. Right. And so when I think about that and I think about how ahimsa is the core tenant, it is like, if we don't have that, we kind of don't have anything else. And it's really hard to grow anything else from that. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the world and I look at where we are right now, I think, wow, you know, there is nothing more important than setting boundaries right now, because it does yield safety. It yields love. It yields a greater opportunity to honor that, which feels safe and loving and open And when we're in that place, we are operating at our highest good. Like it always takes us to the highest level. And that is what heals everything (laughs) and connects us to a greater, a greater intimacy. Like you said, more love comes from it, more intimacy and connection comes from it. And in my life, whenever that's happening, whenever intimacy is operating, healing and medicine occurs Mm -hmm. and God, we need that. We need that in the world. Right. So yeah. Um, there's a great analogy from Brene Brown's book, uh, daring greatly, where she talks about the tightrope, 
Yes. Um, it's just so exactly what you were saying of like this, this level of risk that is involved in being willing to, to be boundary, boundary steady and open-hearted. And yeah. she's got a picture of a person walking on a tightrope on t- above her desk in her office or something like that. And she says this serves as a, her reminder to stay open-hearted while also keeping very firm boundaries in place. And, you know, it's, it's the effort and the energy that it takes to walk a tightrope alongside the huge risk of like falling to your death you know, yep. or yeah. getting it maimed or whatever. And so, <laughs> yeah, she she has written across the bar, the actual tightrope bar. Um, she wrote, worthiness is my birthright. Mm. And so for me, like, that's really key. Like I, I've not understood or um, have been able to to sustain proper boundaries in my life without a feeling of what worthfulness feels like. And so I think that's actually what safety is for me Mm. is that I actually feel worthful inside. I don't feel worthless and I've felt worthless a lot of my life. And I felt like I didn't matter. I didn't have a right to have a say. And, um, yeah, so self-love and self-respect are such tenants that come out of it. And then when we have that, it just oozes into, loving others right yeah yeah it absolutely and where we are like the the climate that the world is in right now the the state of the world for me right now is I will do whatever it takes in order to find out what it is that my soul is here to do because that is what I feel is going to heal the world and if I don't have a love for myself and a boundary around what I'm willing to give away and what I'm willing to take in I won't be able to do that work and I really feel like that's, you know, this liminal space that we're sitting in right now with climate crisis and cultural crisis and all of these things that are falling and crumbling around us. We all have to find what that is. What are we here to do? Like what's next? Because the world as we know it is over, it's done Mm -hmm. and we have to let it go. We have to let go and we have to do this work. And that is part of the boundary of love for me is I am committed to not betraying that in myself anymore. And yeah. And that, that is hard work. That is a conscious effort every single day to show up, to, um, have my own back first and foremost and, and stay soft and open so that I can, I can be in relationship with what's happening around me at the same time. But yeah, I mean, it's always about, it's always about that. It's always about ahimsa. It's always like that is, that's the foundation. That's what keeps the soil fertile. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just, it's just hard work, but it's, yeah. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you want to share the story about yoga therapy training and you, the, the, <laughs> the, the you know, oh, the one. Yeah. The one. I feel like that's a good brain again. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's a good way to segue. Yeah. So I I was thinking about examples of like where, you know, usually what comes up is where you're not doing it correctly or where, where the lesson is. And one of the, the strongest memories I have happens to be with you when we were in our yoga therapy training and we did this exercise. I don't even remember what we were. I don't remember the context around all of it. That was kind of a blur, but I do remember that we had to set we had to walk towards each other and the other person had to say, stop, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there was one where if they didn't say stop, we just kept going until we basically were colliding. Yeah. And I, you walked towards me 
And I was like, oh, I'm scooping this up. Like come right on in. And I didn't say stop. We were literally in embrace. We were together and I could feel resistance in you. And I was like, oh, I'll just love it out of her. I'll just, I'll just, (laughs) I'll just sponge and, you know, put my big kapha arms around and just hug you. And I wanted you, you know, I wanted what I perceived to be this loving embrace. And (laughs) because I thought that if you didn't have boundaries with people that meant you loved them a lot. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> they could just have it all. <laughs> and then I remember walking towards you and you stopping me like six feet away from you. And I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? Like, and it was like, it was like smacking up against a wall. It was, it was, it broke my heart. It, it was, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than I felt like all of the feelings like shame, humiliation, like, why doesn't she love me? Why does she want me? closer to her all of this shit came up and I don't know that we ever talked about it until years later because I don't think either of us had even a sense of what was going on in the in those interactions but it's one it's a perfect example of um how I've lived a perfect example of how I've lived and (laughs) I don't even remember when we talked about it again but we we did we did We did. Yeah. Well, so to give some context, like what we were actually doing in these exercises was uh, reflex integration. And we were working on the, the, in particular, the fear paralysis reflex, which is like uh, based on your eye contact and the the, the presence of another body coming into your space or your bubble. Right. And, and everyone has a different uh, like limitation on what their bubble is. Like Ari and I were even talking about like close talkers. Like I'm not a close talker. If someone comes in, like closer than three feet while we're having a conversation, I feel like I just kind of want to shrink backwards. And I do like, I very softly, gently will just like move back. And if they keep advancing, I end the conversation, you know, like there's these, so we have these and we all have our own version of it and they're perfectly okay. But this in particular was like, and we're deep in the heart of an intensive teacher training. And like, we've like professed all our things to each other. And like, you know, we're just like, I'll give all to you and share everything. And you kind of get like that in those spaces, right? Like you're just, you've stripped everything down. And so I remember, and I don't even know which version is actually the facts, but I remember coming to you and you didn't stop me and we did, and we hugged and we giggled. And it was like this nervous funny giggle of like we both really wanted to be with each other so bad right but there was so much in the way but it was okay we were trying you know it was like this very sweet attempt or whatever (laughs) and I could feel you just like took me like when you hugged me it was like you just I dissolved inside of you was Mm -hmm. what it felt like Mm -hmm. and then in reverse when you were walking towards me the first time I didn't stop you but I wanted to stop you right but I couldn't because I didn't want to hurt you Right. I, f- I was all up in your feelings and I was like totally just being super codependent. Like I'm going to take care of Jamie. And so you literally walked right through me. Like you walked right into me and I like backed up and you were like, like on my chest. And then again, we hugged and giggled and, but it was like, it was even more resistance than the first time because now it was like building on itself. Right. So then we did it again a third time. I don't know if we got told we had to, or if we just thought, well, we we should probably figure this out. I don't know. (laughs) Then the third time we did it. And I remember I stopped you and you cried and I I felt like such a dick. I was like, (gasps) oh my God, I'm so horrible. Like, I don't know. And you were crying and I was crying and it was like, oh my God. and it was really hard. Like, yeah, and that was 
crying, but I, I just went into a trauma response. I went into my shit. Yeah. And I went, in, yeah. and I went into mine of like, oh, when oh, you say, God. when you ask her what you need, you hurt people. Right. Jesus. Like, yeah. And then, you know, I don't think there was any integration around it because, you know, we just didn't have a lot of that in that training, (laughs) whatever. Um, But, you know, we did, we debriefed like probably two years later and we talked about it and we were able to sort of thread it out a little bit and process it, but it was, it was wild, you know, and that's like, there's just a great example there of like open heartedness gone wrong (laughs) in some ways, you know, and people's, people's context banging up against each other. Like, you know, like you had a whole life before you met me and I had a whole life before I met you. And and then our shit bangs up against each other. And without the boundaries, we just get pinged and activated. And we just go into some survival technique of, you know, of the narrative of whatever it is that we have around that story. And uh, yeah, that's really fascinating. It's funny that I don't remember crying. I, re- I remember the feeling like, mm-hmm. like deeply hurt uh, and rejected, honestly, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay. We worked through it. It was actually a wonderful lesson for us, right? Because it is actually the work that both of us had to do. Mm -hmm. Like totally boundaries. We can't do any of this stuff that we're doing until we know the boundary. Like Mm -hmm. we just can't. We can't be open-hearted. We can't hear our soul. We can't sit in circle with other women and hold space and you know be be in healing spaces unless we know what is ours and what is ours to protect and what is ours, you know, to move into. Um, relationship with others. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to be clear, you can do it without boundaries, but it's very dangerous. It's that's and, right. Yes. And very harmful. We both had that lesson too. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's lots of people out there doing that in the world. So that's, you know, that's why it's so important for us to have our own authority with it. So we can recognize when someone doesn't have that autonomy mm-hmm. yet. And it's like, oh, okay, we need to be careful with this person. We don't need to be mean to them. We don't need to ostracize them, but we need to have strong awareness. Yeah. Presence for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very funny. Beautiful. Thanks for lifetime ago. (laughs) No, totally feels like that. Okay. So as we start to wrap up here, just wanted to circle back to the open-hearted conversation. And I'd love to hear from you. Because when we talked about this in preparation, you shared that there were some kind of um, like foundations or uh, constituents or like ingredients required mm-hmm. to live an open-hearted life. So, to, like, tell me about those tools or what does that look like from your standpoint? Yeah, like I think so that we don't just throw around the word open-hearted. It's it's pretty important to look at. <laughs> what what that actually means, right? So that we're not just using another fluffy spiritual word and, and saying, I'm open-hearted, you know, like, well, what makes you open-hearted? And I had to sit, and I think this is human specific. I think it depends on the context. I think, you know, I think vulnerability is definitely <laughs> the an ingredient that you just can't get away from. You can try, um, you might replace it with a different word, but I just... I'm pretty sure that that is the, the main direct pathway in. Um, and it's, it's the hard one for me, um, <laughs> for all of us, I think. And because it requires to be seen, you know, it requires us to just let ourselves be seen. And that's, that's just hard. It's hard for me. And um, it's, 
it's something that um, when I do it, I see the results and the result is open heartedness. So um, I'm living with an open heart so I can see others as well. Uh, the, the other piece is truth. And I mean, we've talked about these already, right? Truth, be, again, this is another piece of like, am I willing to be seen? Am I willing to let someone just see me in the truth of who I am? Am I, do I have the courage to tell the world the story of me and uh, let that be witnessed? And, and then in turn, I believe that when we live from that place, we get the honor of being around others who will also show up to that and we get to see them and we get to witness them in their own unique expression of who they are and to me that's that's everything i mean that's that is why i call circles that is why i sit with women and do this work and men as well and it's just it just requires so much courage again <laughs> to tell the truth and um and then the third one this is one that it's so interesting. It, it came and I, I sat with it and I was kind of like, eh, I don't really like this one because I don't really get the word. Um, and this is going to sound a little weird maybe to some of you, but it's gratitude. And I just, I had to really sit with what that word means. And I'm still not fully convinced that I actually understand what, what gratitude is and how to express it. Um, I know this, this is it's a strange concept. And even as I'm saying the words, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but really this is when I looked up, I started, so when I don't understand a word and it keeps showing up, I look up the meaning and I look up origins of words and see if that, that activates something to help me understand. And so when I started to pull the part the word apart, um, I got to this Indo-European root of the word meaning to praise, to celebrate, and to be in contact with the divine. And I was like, oh, there it is. That's, I can, I can be that. Like I can be with that, that uh, definition of the word gratitude. And it's again, one of those words that I think when you start to talk about it, it loses its meaning, it loses its sacredness. And I think that is a, a, a part of sacred words. When you start to talk about them, they lose, they lose their impact and, um, yeah, so this is just, this word, I am in a deep relationship with this word right now. It is my work and, um, it's really interesting. I was doing a course yesterday, um, at the Scandinavian center for shamanic studies and the first words, it was the first class. And she said, think of a word. And of course she's like, don't grab, don't go looking for one. And then the word gratitude, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Well, so gratitude it is. And then I have to do this whole study around this word. I have to be with this word. So there's, there's no accidents with this stuff. When we, you know, when we, when we start to look at this, the lessons will just keep presenting. And um, those, those are the, the three pieces. And I mean, there's many others, I think, but those are the three pieces for me that lead to more connection that lead to um, more intimacy that lead me to my purpose. When I, when I put these three pieces together. Mm, beautiful. Love it. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, I had three that came up as well. Um, but very different. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. It is really cool. And I mean, I, and all the three that you shared, I feel I very much mm. resonate with that. And, uh, and I think that in particular, this concept of, um, sacredness and like that we've lost our connection to the sacred 
a lot of the time when we, when we mistake open-heartedness for being nice and fluffy and sunshiny, like that's actually not what open-heartedness means to me. It, you know, it's like, there's a way deeper, uh, resource place that it comes from when it's really authentically open, when I'm really authentically in alignment with my openness. Um, so what I, when I was considering, you know, the tools that have helped me live an open-hearted life and like feel into it and understand it and, and access it. The first one that came through is Mm non-judgment is not having an expectation of myself Mm -hmm. in a scenario. And also in, in, in turn, not having an expectation of the other in this scenario. And so just letting go of, of all of those expectations in words, in deeds, and in an expression, like not expecting someone to emotionally respond the way I would think they would, or to say it the way I would think they would, or to do something that I would expect. And that has allowed me to stay vulnerable. So it does tie into your words Mm -hmm. completely and uh, stay vulnerable in that it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much what the outcome is. It's the, it's the experience that is actually important in the interaction that I'm observing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, so then that second, that ties into the second, which is self-awareness. So for me, like having, recognizing that my way is (laughs) totally personal to me and is completely different than you or anybody else. And it won't be the same for somebody else. Um, And checking in with myself is my number one superpower tool. Mm-hmm. because that is how I can maintain a sense of softness. That's how I can maintain a connection to sacred or to uh, gratitude or that divine resource of like, this is actually bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ability to be in that bigness is what lets me find my vulnerable space where I can be seen and be received and to mm-hmm. receive other people. Um and I can't check in with myself if I don't have awareness, like this is not, <laughs> not available. Good luck. Um, good luck with that. And then the, the last one that came through was trust, mm. right? Just this crucial reality that um, if I don't trust my feelings and I don't trust my intuition in making a decision or receiving or responding to someone in the, in the way that I do, I, I don't. I don't, I can't stay in that open space. I just, I, I hit up against my own barrier and then yeah. I close, I close down in one way or another. And like closing down can look 101 ways for me. Closing down is I usually talk more and I lean in and I try harder. Right. <laughs> right. And for you shutting down is you, yeah, you I get, get, get grabby hands and you're yeah. like, see ya, peace out. I'm fucking out of here. Right? <laughs> it's very different patterns showing up, but it's the same coping. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a shutdown. It's a shutdown yeah. of, of, of the sacred of that alignment with sacred and being willing to be burned by it for the yeah. blessing that comes yeah. from it. Yeah. 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 Truth and truth and trust to me are our bedmates. Totally. Yeah. And if we're having a threesome vulnerabilities there, right? Like they, they, they go together. They, they can't really. <laughs> the menage they, a trois of yes. open-heartedness. <laughs> they they kind of they have to all kind of they all have to kind of show up to the party in one way or another and the the non-judgment I think is actually really a beautiful piece of that um to just sit with another and just let it be like god that feels so good when somebody does that with you you know like yeah yeah. you just get to be and then 
for me, it's a thawing that happens. And I think that it's really cool that, you know, your, your superpowers to open-heartedness help me move into my open-heartedness because of who you are, right? It's, that's when we find those people, right? It's like, oh, your work is actually so complimentary to my work and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Usually, you know, there's usually these, these pieces that are dancing together. And ultimately, like I said, I was saying to you earlier, you know, that, that feeling of, of gratitude, um, and accessing the divine. I mean, that is part of what we spent our life doing in the yoga world. It's like when everything dissolves Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's left is our own divinity and it's inner interconnectedness like there is no separation between me and the mountain that I'm sitting on and there's no separation of of my hands in the water like that feeling the boundaries just get to dissolve so we, we were talking about this earlier of like you do the work you put the boundaries up you do the work you you know you swim the moat you break down the barriers I disarm myself and then the beautiful result is that I don't have to have any of it. I get to just be absorbed in the divine, which is, it's something I can't articulate, right? It's the gratitude. And I feel my, like my heart is going to explode in those moments where I'm sitting on the mountain and it's quiet and I can listen and I am not separate from that. I am that, you know, like that is, that's the first place I ever saw God. Mm. And it changed everything. It's like, Oh, I actually am that like, there's no separation. Like that is a crazy experience. And so boundaries are like, what boundaries, but you don't get to go there. You don't get to have that experience unless you're willing to hold the boundaries first and get to know who you are and dismantle all of the, the narratives, the story, stripping it all down. Right. And then you get this beautiful fruit of all of that work of recognizing that there are no boundaries. It's yeah. paradox again, right? It's yeah. just like, but it that's is. the shit that gives me goosebumps. Like that is compelling as F for me. Absolutely. Like I will do that work because those moments are life-changing. Yeah. And they, yeah. they remind you that when it's really shitty, <laughs> it's really hard that there is, there's a purpose to this. There is you know, there is, there's something beautiful in all of this and the brokenness is also beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that is a really peaceful place. That's feels like freedom. Yeah. It's, that's exactly what was coming to me when you were, I was picturing you sitting on the mountaintop. Like it, it mm-hmm. isn't, it isn't articulate. You can't articulate it in a way that's, that's concise because it's too big to hold in words and language but the feeling, I mean, they call it moksha, they call it liberation, right? It, it's freedom. It's its the feeling of unboundedness mm-hmm. that comes with that bigness, that comes with that recognition of connection to all that is, that we are that. Yeah. And freedom is the best descriptor, mm-hmm. right? And because when I think about freedom, it's like, well, freedom has all the emotions inclusive, Indeed. right? Like every feel, like I think it's like, oh, it's joy, but oh, it's not joy. It's peace. Oh, it's peace. It's not, like it's like, and you know, there's all, it's a roller coaster of all of it. And all of it is beautiful, you know, in, in a very encompassing way. And mm. that is the payoff. That is the reward. And that creates its own ripple of transformation in the world and in mm-hmm. our lives. And just simply by being that other people start to come and yeah. change and morph in your sphere. 
yeah. without you doing any work. Like it's not an overt conscious process at that point. Yeah. It's your, just your simple beingness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But you're right. The fruits come when we set up the structure. Like I remember we had a girl in our teacher training who are for yoga therapy, who had always talked about, she needed guardrails. Like literally like when you go bowling and you have those stupid, like floater things that they put in the, in the trough. The gutter, yeah, to, yeah, for to protect the gutter because you're so bad at throwing the bowling ball. But it's like those, like those yeah. are the boundaries that we need so that we can, you know, get the ball running straight down the straight down the center and yeah. and get there and yeah, feel yeah. that. Re- yeah, and when all the ball all the pins fall, the feeling you have, like it's just a crappy metaphor, but it's sort of you know, it's like you have <laughs> to have that to learn what to do and to learn how to do it. You do. Otherwise you're just in the gutter, in the gutter, in the gutter. And if you don't know you're in the gutter, you Uh don't know you get out of the gutter. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's like one of those things where we have to, you know, the, the guardrails have to be kind of tight at first. We have Mm -hmm. to get kind of myopic and Mm -hmm. a little bit like stingy with how much we're giving away so that we can feel into it. And then, you know, then we have an experience and how somebody treats our tender heartedness in that moment with our boundary and how they receive the boundary and how we move through that in relationship, there's an expansion that will happen or there's a contraction, right? And then we get to ebb and flow against their edge and our edge. And the expansion comes when we're met truly as we are for me anyways, like, you know, I, it's, it's one of the things that I can actually place gratitude around because I can't do that by myself. Mm-hmm. And I love being by myself. Like mm-hmm. I'm all for being by myself. And that's where I do a ton of work, the intrinsic, yeah. the internal, um, but we got to come out and practice it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's just like you're living in a vacuum and everything's good there <laughs> for yeah. the most part, or it's really terrible and you're swirling around in your own shit for the rest of your life. But when we get to come out and practice it, that's when we get to feel that expansion, that feeling of like, I can move with the world in a way that keeps me safe and centered and grounded. And, and it honors the other, whether that be a tree or, you know, your dog or your partner or your best friend, it doesn't matter what, what your edges are moving against. Mm-hmm. There's an honoring in all of it. Yes. That is like, just reminded me when you're talking about expansion, like we're always, when we're healing, what I have experienced is that it's always just creating more space inside of me that like, that's it. Like it's quite stupidly simple, annoyingly simple that like actually when I (laughs) go and have like an, yeah, like a huge (laughs) somatic release, or I do it, you know, therapy session or whatever it might be. And I end up leaving and feeling this like blasted open feeling and this greater expansive feeling it's like oh that's actually what this is that's what the whole point of all of this work is for me is like to create more space to for what for love because Mm -hmm. what fills that space is love always every time like I'm always just like really like how is this possible like and there's more and more and more and it that is the unconditioned of it it's not love is not a feeling it is not a feeling it is an experience that that is bigger than it is ever able to comprehend with with English language yeah it's all things yeah 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 and so it reminds me of the Rumi quote right the your task is not to 
uh, I wrote it down. What is it? Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I find it fascinating that you wrote down a roomy quote because I did as well. Oh my God. And it so sums us up. This is just such a great segue into the end of this podcast. The one I wrote down was, you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. <laughs> ah, you can't yeah. make this shit up. We, we, we did not plan that. that not plan that at all. <laughs> um, so we always in our rebel, rebellious, uh, purposeful tradition, we always ask a question to each other at the end of the podcast and we take turns. So this week it's my turn to ask the question. Jamie's biting her lip right now. Um, so yeah. It's a good one. It's okay, a good I'm one. Sure it is a good one. That's not where my concern is. <laughs> okay, ready? I can handle it. Yep, I'm ready. You're gonna Hit crush me. it. Okay. So given, given the opportunity, what three women in history would you like to chat with, living or dead? And what specific question would you ask them? About oh my God. What a great question. <laughs> it's you can thank Ari. It was, it was his idea. Yeah. What a great question. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Maya Angelou hundred percent. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's not very original, but it's my first person too. <laughs> damn. If she hasn't changed my life. Um, Gloria Steinem. <laughs> Uh, did you say famous person? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. And, and my grandma, <laughs> my grandma, Jack. Yeah. Amazing. And I think the question, I think I would ask them, what was, what's the greatest lesson of your life? I don't, cause then I think they would have to talk forever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What an amazing question. I know. I mean, it really is one that you could sit with and, and like, I tried to answer it and I was like, oh, this is actually not as easy as I thought. It's not an easy question. And no. I'm going to think about this for the next four days and I'm going to be like, wait, I have another one. <laughs> I know. So we can go That's on Instagram and we, we can add to the list. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. that is what we want. We want you guys to answer this question on Instagram as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> who would you, yeah. Who, who did you come up with? You've had time to think about this. Yeah. I thought about, I did last night just a little bit, but Maya Angelou was my first as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the sheer beauty and wisdom of like mm-hmm. being able to be in share presence with that amazing being, mm-hmm. um, Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. uh, because I love, because I love her and just have a girl crush on her. Yes. Um, but because she's, she, to me, she embodies open-heartedness in a way that I haven't seen in very many celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, like she lives on a world stage every day, all the time. And yet she, to me is just so grounded. And yeah. um, she tells you know, the truth. About she does. She, she yeah. does. You know, like that. even back to like the no makeup thing, like all of it, I just, yeah. So that she would be sense. one of, Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, my mom was someone who came up for me, uh, mm-hmm. just because I would want to have more time with her, um, yeah. and to ask her cool questions would always be fun. But the other mm-hmm. person that, that popped forward, who is alive as well as Brene Brown, mm-hmm. um, just because I really respect her. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the question, the, a couple questions came up, but the, the one big one was how do you, how do you experience joy in your life? In what mm. ways do you experience joy? And I want to hear all the stories, <laughs> all the stories that got you there. <laughs> that was basically what came Yeah. Yeah. That's really, it's funny. Brené Brown popped into my head too, but I, every time I fly to Costa Rica, I fly through Dallas. Dallas. And so I'm convinced I'm going to meet her in the airport. <laughs> I'll actually well go out of my way to select that as my, my route down through Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, to this one or this one. Well, you might run into Brené Brown at the airport. So <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth the longer commute. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. What an amazing question. I love yeah. it. And I can't wait to hear what other people say about it. Like yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm really excited about that. So it's a really great question. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So please drop your answers on our Instagram page uh, in the show note posts that we put up and share. Yeah. We can't wait to hear from you all. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yay. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. We sure hope you've enjoyed this episode. Linz and I are committed to a no-edit recording as we want the conversation to be as authentic as possible. We have a big vision of a transparent and fully expressed world, and allowing ourselves to be heard uncensored feels integral to that pursuit. In addition, our mission is to wake up, shake up, and raise up all authentic voices in cultivating a collective community of rebels on purpose. We are honored to invite you to join the circle and to share your rebel voice in our community. Community is built and sustained through participation. So circle up and engage with us on Instagram at Rebels on Purpose. If you enjoyed the show today, please drop us a review as this helps us widen our circle and lets us know what you'd like to hear. And lastly, from our fiery hearts to yours, we call you to speak up, be curious and call forward the sacred rebel that burns inside of you. What the world needs is humans who are fully alive, living a life on purpose and honoring all that is sacred.